Introducing Mortgage Matters. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. A show dedicated to helping you navigate a challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. The economy continues to face numerous difficulties. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about, time for Mortgage Matters. All right, everybody, good morning. Welcome back. It's just another week. Another week's gone by. It's hard to believe, huh? Oh, yeah. Dan, you're looking particularly excited about radio today. (laughs) (laughs) Look at you. Just fired up. Energy's full. I'm feeling kind of punchy, so. Good. Yeah, you love those days. You love that. Jim, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you very much. I missed you guys last week. Actually. Yeah, I was yeah. out for a week. Yeah, it's, it's like a, the first show I've missed in like what a couple of years at least. At yeah. least, yeah. yeah. What are you doing taking weekends off? I don't know. Call got a little crazy, little wild hair to have a weekend yeah, off. Yeah, I just yeah, I thought we were a team here. Uh, you know, well, you, you guys take your weekends off, so I yeah. you know, <laughs> once in a while I'm obliged to write. You know, of course, <laughs> yeah, yep. it was cool. Well, hopefully you enjoyed yourself. I did. I uh, actually went over to the valley, and you know I don't go to the valley that much. This time of the year is time to go to the valley. Right. I have family over there, so I went over there and my nephew's birthday party and stuff. Right yeah, on. Good old family time. Looks yeah. like you got a haircut there too. Yeah, I did actually. Looks yeah. good. That's, uh, thank you very much. Right. You know, just like I take a couple of weeks off, and it's cool, different uh, lifestyle change here. See? I guess you know. He's a renewed is. spirit. <laughs> Perfect. So, uh, what do you got going on over there, Daniel? Not much, huh? Nope. You got the highlighter everywhere. You're just <clears throat> easing. I got some stuff to talk about, but... There's a bit to talk no, about. No, we don't want to dive in too soon. Getting some catch-up data, huh? Now that the government's a couple uh, weeks back in the swing, we're starting to get some of the numbers that were due before. That's pretty exciting. It all adds up to... Uh, not very exciting, in fact. But hey, we're going to get to that. Um, you know what was fun this week, Jim? We got a new what jingle. Did you forward it? Are we going to? Oh, I didn't. Oh, I didn't. Man, we got a jingle. Yeah. We got a jingle. We've been working on on something to create a little buzz, and um, okay. a jingle was was what we decided on. We've been going back and forth with the creative minds and. They came up with a final product that we liked. We're now we're. Tr- I I thought we were still trying to figure out how we were going to use it. Mm-hmm. I was going to put it some fun places yeah, where lots of people hear it. <laughs> <laughs> when we get one of those Jasonisms, we can like go into it with a jingle real quick. That'd be perfect. There we go. This is a whole thing. It's like a thirty-second thing. I, I'll figure out. I'll forward. forward it I'll you. forward it to you. Okay. We'll get it on a little bit later here. All right. Yeah. Right. That'll be exciting. And maybe we can get some feedback about the jingle. Yeah. See, I'll warn you guys in advance, though. It gets stuck in your head, and then you can't stop. There's, oh, no. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those jingles. You wake up in the morning, and it's already there. And you just like, man, hey. I, I hope sleep would make it stop. Yeah. So be ready for that. Well, that's what the thing is. you know. That's the whole idea. All right, it's coming at you. I will get into my email right now and get it. <laughs> Perfect. That's exciting. I'm excited. It, it's legitimizing to have a jingle. You know that? Kind of oh. feels like you're. That means you've made it. That's next level stuff. <laughs> Rush has a jingle. 
Glenn Beck has a jingle. Not in, well, I mean, we have the jingle house. for our show. I mean, it's not a jingle. It's like it's that's an the, intro. Song. That's the the big open. Right. There right. You go. That's not what I mean. Rush has his own jingle. Well, yeah. Glenn they Beck, have they have jingles. Well, they have their own little things that they play during their shows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's what I'm trying to get at. I feel like you're trying to pin Jim down to th- that it's not really a jingle. I'm just trying to understand what, d- just to make sure we've got all the the same bag of tricks that the big boys have. Right. Yeah. They're, those shows are a little bit more produced. I just want to let you know <laughs> that you taught them what they know. So there it is. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. but that's. Yeah, that's I think they were on the air before us. Right. <laughs> but they've picked up a few pointers over the that's last right. five years. Yeah, that's right. We know they're listening. Yeah. So, um, gosh, government's back in full swing. Everything's just rocking right along. We got got the unemployment data came out that yeah. was missing. Well, they're still playing catch up. By the way, we I learned that the next month. No, usually the unemployment stuff comes out that first Friday of the month. Mm-hmm. So it would be due November first. They're delaying that one until November eighth. Oh come on! Yep, they can't put it together. They're and- behind. They're behind. It's a lot, lot to catch up on when you took when you take two weeks off. Oh man, you know, last week we were talking about the GDP being down because of the, you know, the government shutdown and all this kind of thing. I was reading this; it was kind of a tongue-in-cheek kind of piece this week about the uh, just suggesting that most of the pay that was missed was retro. So the people that weren't working, maybe they weren't shopping because they were afraid they're not getting their check. For who knows how long, but now that they got it, they probably rush right out and spend. And so, if the withholding and then the repayment happens in the exact same quarter, what's the net drag on GDP? Well, over time, yeah, it's zero. I think it's got to balance back out. Yeah, right? yeah. the The pay isn't. It didn't evaporate. It's not gone forever. The pay is being paid out. It was just delayed. Yeah, kind of wild. So that's pretty the, wild. The consumer spending that would have happened is just going to, it's delayed about 16 days. It's been a pretty terrible month in government, it seems. Don't month? you feel? <laughs> <laughs> month? month? Yeah, hmm. I mean, just to, just to be specific. <laughs> a tough month in government. Um, I saw, check this out. This is a fun one. Oh, um, you're, you're referring to the website. The website debacle, healthcare.gov. Oh, not just that, but yeah, that's part of it. The whole the whole rollout and dispute and all this, everybody's debating this thing. It's just, I don't know, seems silly to me. But the this issue with like Congress and the president and the budget and the debt ceiling, and I still, even just in our industry, we have all these regulations that they're they've got that are supposed to hit on the first of the year, but nobody even knows how to implement those. It's kind of funny because they've been working on this for as long as the Obamacare stuff. We need to figure out that the Affordable Care Act, like it's been three and a half years in the works, and now we're rolling it out. And this week we have the web developers testifying before Congress because they can't make it work, which now they think they can make it work by December. It's not probably very helpful or ideal. Um, USA Today, by way of Princeton survey research, um, did a poll to find that just 4% of people surveyed uh, think Congress would be worse if every member was replaced in the next election year. By the way, 
the margin of error in the survey was 4%. <laughs> so the exact amount of people that believe that we'd just we'd be in a worse spot if we got rid of everyone. It's really no one. It's equal to the margin of error. It was kind of crazy. Um, and, you know, but... but <laughs> Not exactly a vote of confidence. No. Um, it's just kind of wild. And, you know, no matter what side you, you want to argue, what side your politics lead you on, the reality of it is it doesn't feel very good lately. In fact, um, we saw that come out on Friday. Uh, there was a U.S. consumer sentiment report um, which dropped to its lowest level in a year. And in one of the things that was cited by those polled were um, just worry about congressional dysfunction. And I, I think it's just, it's almost humorous. I mean, it's sad because we're supposed to be the best country in the world. We should have all of our ducks in a row and have this stuff worked out. Yet we have like soap opera quality dysfunction going on within the government. And so now it's impacting the consumer though. Um, and that this drop in general sentiment would in, fa in fact go on to impact growth and ultimately GDP. Um, so it would be great to just see some folks get along and make some stuff happen, restore that confidence. Yeah, I, it's interesting that you touch on the consumer sentiment and the importance of that. That was something that I, as I was you know, preparing for today's show, I was thinking a lot about that. And over the past four or five years, that's been a reoccurring theme. Even leading up to the whole housing bubble, it was driven by a mentality of the consumer. That, that's it, baby. That's all that matters. And that's, that's, and that's the theme. That's what drives different trends in, in our economy is, is what the consumer's thinking. Because what one person's thinking soon becomes what the mass is thinking. Um, and, 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 and though then, uh, the outliers can be convinced to hop on the train with the masses, which I think is probably the more dangerous component, is that you end up with this sort of um, infectious feeling about how things are. And, you know, it starts, you know, how's it going with you? Oh, I'm struggling with paying the mortgage. Yeah, me too. You know, my brother just let his house go into foreclosure. Really? What's that look like? And then... People start talking foreclosures and short sales, and the next thing you know, everybody's like, the government starts writing laws that make it a little bit easier to do these things because it's just becoming too normal. Um, and likewise, I think that's that's kind of the wild thing about what's happened here um, in the in the second quarter of of this year. The economy was picking up a lot of steam. The market in housing was. I almost want to say arguably, but I, I'm leaning towards saying inarguably overheated, like an unsustainable level of activity and appreciation and just a crazy amount of demand. And everything was kind of starting to get coming in the right direction. And that's when the feds talked about raising rates potentially. And boy, did that really hit the brakes. Um, the The jobs, we haven't we still haven't seen good jobs being created. Um, but now we kind of, we have cooled off housing a little bit and now just from losing that steam, we start to see confidence kind of wane. I, and I wonder if perhaps we, we started the talks and pulled the plug too soon. Well, it's just amazing how 
communication is so easy and free today with all the different, you know, Facebooks and Twitters and just the, you know, the up to the minute, up to the second news channels that we have. You, I mean, you and don't wait for the newspaper reliable. every morning. <laughs> Few people are, are waiting for their news from the newspaper or waiting for the six o'clock or 11 o'clock news on television. So much of it is received via social media or the website, you know, go to the any of your favorite newspaper or media outlet and they have their updates on their website. And so that's how we get news now. And so it's amazing how the shift in confidence can happen so quickly um, amongst the, the general public. And, and we see it, we see these trends just almost stop on a dime, like with housing. It was, it was surprising to those of us in the profession, whether we're mortgage or real, real estate um, professionals, how quickly we went from the worst housing economy to gangbusters. To gangbusters. Yeah. We never anticipated it being like that. And then, Almost as quickly, it just, it, it was, well, I don't know that it's been quite as extreme, but it has definitely cooled off in, in a very fast way. Yeah. Um, just because rates have ticked up and then the, the media grabs onto that and talks about rates going higher. So people start, you know, thinking a little more before they act. The, my idea of the like current state of the market is that. If it just stayed this way, then I think it'd be good. I think it'd be healthy. There's a lot of people interested. There's people buying. There's people selling. There's not a frenzy anymore. Um, but my fear is that, like, like that um, herd of buffalo, somehow our economy, like, running through the desert and suddenly turn left together. It's that it's that motion that I've that I'm worried about. Like we were why does the why does the housing economy feel like it always has to be one one gas pedal or brake pedal firmly depressed at all times? <laughs> like we're either like wailing on it, doing great, or it's like kind of miserable, it seems. And right now the just the slowdown, I worry if it's like sustainable or not, or if we're headed back into the the big slowdown. I don't know. Yeah, it's it. I, I think the key is how do we stabilize consumer confidence or consumer sentiment? With and that's rates. and that's how you stabilize. <laughs> well, no, because I think that's that's what was fueling the frenzy. Correct. How do you stabilize the the psyche of the consumer? And then that will once you figure that out, that's how you stabilize the various markets. Housing, I think, in particular, is very susceptible to these swings in confidence because it's perceived to be one of the best avenues or quickest avenues to to personal wealth. But we've also seen in the recent history that it's one of the quickest avenues to, <laughs> to destroy to your demise credit. of wealth, demise of credit. Yeah. So get it, your wages garnished. And and you know, so many people when when wages are stagnated and you know the job market's not amazing, people are looking for that opportunity. How do I how do I hit it big? You know, yeah. there's the lottery, <laughs> but that's not really great odds. So, so it seems like housing is the one somewhat realistic opportunity for people to attain that wealth that they desire. Yeah. But there's risk there. So it's, it's something, it seems like the key, whether it's housing or other parts of the economy is, is keeping the, the confidence of the American consumer stable. Yeah. 
Well, and you know, in doing so, when we lose a little bit of confidence, that generally is an environment where rates start to fall a little bit. It because it, it kind of that's a tool to help prod the consumer along. Since uh, in the last two weeks here, rates have come down a little bit, um, and really for two basic reasons. Um, first of all, the uncertainty about the budget and debt ceiling. Um, and I say uncertainty, recognizing that we just reopened the government, um, maybe at half mass or however you want to say it. But um, the bottom line is that we've only temporarily removed these issues from the market. We have to deal with them smack dab in the first quarter of next year. Um, so that that has a, a negative impact on um, GDP and growth. It it definitely has shaken people's confidence. Um, and then in in light of that, are the, I mean, all of the focus, all of the focus for the last several months here has been on the government. You know, they're buying $3 billion a day, just under $3 billion a day of these securities. They said they were going to slow down and the market um, reacted pretty quickly. Uh, and now it appears that that's really not on the table for months to come. And when you start to see these little pieces about the budget and the debt ceiling and the unemployment and housing and all these things, you add all that up and go, they're probably not going to be any nearer to raising, um, tapering or raising interest rates by the beginning of next year. Um, and so that puts a little bit of downward pressure on rates. I mean, that that 10-year bond yield um, made it over 3%. And back in May, where was it? I mean, it was still around the 216, 220, right? Was it even lower than that? Yeah, it was, it was around 160. Well, that was where when it hit like its lowest, lowest. It was already kind of settling into some moderate ground. But bottom line is that... It went up very quickly, very dramatically, and interest rates just went crazy. We had we saw people that had and not that they're so high, but that they moved so quickly. Right? Yeah, that's a thing. Um, and just to give you an idea, from the where people had like a three and a quarter interest rate within at no points, which is pretty astonishing to me. Um, within about a, a six week period of time, if you wanted that three and a quarter still, it would cost you eight points to make this happen. And I, I don't know if people recognize that what that really means, but eight points on a $400,000 loan, I mean, you're talking $32,000. This is an insane amount of money. Um, nobody's going to pay that. That's absolutely crazy. Um, but the, that transition really, I think just rocked everybody that was in the market at that time it affected sellers of homes because they didn't want their deals to fall apart hoped that their buyers were going to close their loans on time and not have some blow up with their interest rate so it created a real desperate sense on both buyers and sellers side creates a ton of stress the good news for us in the business that those rates going up like that um thinned out so much business that um, everybody's way faster and more efficient today able to do things really quick because of the drop in volume but you know at the same time it it 
sort of knocked all that fever out of the air. You just you, it seemed that everywhere we went, people were interested in learning more about the lower rates or could they refi? Could they get a shorter term? Is it a good time to you know to buy? And if they could just find a house, they would. And now I don't I don't think that's the much of the general sentiment anymore. It feels like it's it's waned a bit. Hey folks, we're just getting started here on Mortgage Matters. We're identifying problems. A little bit later, we'll offer solutions. We'll, we'll solve all the world's economic problems here before the show's over. Um, but what we're really trying to do is just start a conversation, keep you guys informed, and we definitely invite your participation in today's show. You can give us a call at 543-8830, 543-8830, or 800-549-KVEC. We're going to step away for just a moment and thank our sponsors. We'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. When you decide it's time for a new vehicle, you do your research. Then you comb the internet and the dealerships for the best offer. So when you're shopping for a home loan, why would you only get one quote? Central Coast Lending would like to remind you that no one has ever lost money from a second opinion. So before you sign, let Central Coast Lending give you a quote. We work with multiple banks to find the right loan for you, and more often than not, our rates and fees are the lowest you'll find. Give us a call today at 543-LOAN. That's 543-5626. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts through seven presidential administrations bull and bear markets and unprecedented change blakesley and blakesley has been here helping residents of the central coast reach their financial goals so if you need retirement advice beyond social security want to roll over an old 401k or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision visit blakesley and blakesley in san luis obispo paso robles and santa maria blakesley and blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. What a state of generosity. Look what my agent got for me. Just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks. I couldn't ask for more. But now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason.
Guys, thanks for being with us. It's just before 10.30 on this fine Saturday, the last Saturday of October 2013. Halloween's coming. You got big Halloween plans, anybody? Going over to your house for a Halloween party. That's right. Dish out <laughs> a little bit of candy, you know, that kind of thing. So, have you been to the new, uh, I don't know what it's called, what they're calling it this year, the scare thing? Mid-state scare. Mid-state yeah. scare. Oh, is it at there. the fairgrounds? No, it's in AG. Yeah. Oh. But no, I have not. Huh. They have a they have a haunted house thing at, um, uh, I think it was Thursday and Friday at Los Osos Middle School. Oh. Missed that. Yeah. Yeah, they used to do that scare park thing at the ravine. But then I understood that this year they changed the location or whatever. The person putting it on rented a different venue. So that must be the one in AG. I don't know. Kind of want to go. That stuff's fun. Getting the Halloween spirit. You have a costume? No. No. I, I don't really ever do a costume. I'm not sure I really did costumes as a kid. I got a Batman mask and I put it on and my son just started crying. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's not down with the costume yet. <laughs> yeah, before the when they're so young, they lack some of that like reason and logic, and you can turn into. And I a do it right in front of him. I'm like, look, it's me, and then I put the mask on and <laughs> instant cry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. My daughter used to do that, and now she doesn't. Although she's a little bit like she understands a bit more now. But if you put on a mask and like get in front of her, then she'll be like. Oh, that's funny. Stop. And then you do it again. And then she's like, I'm serious. I don't like it. And then the third time she'll be like, it probably really is a monster. You know, it's very freaking out. That's kind of funny. Hey, so um, mortgage volume is down, right? It I is. Thought, yeah. I thought you might just um, like to know this if you're keeping score here. Remember that company cash call that was advertising all over TV? Oh, yeah. That was the guy, and it, I didn't until I read this article yesterday. I, I didn't fully have all these dots connected, but Paul Redham, who's the, um, he was the guy that started Ditech. Remember Ditech? Mm-hmm. This is the guy. He's he's the one that runs Cash Call. It's his business. It's based in Orange County. Um, in the last three years. They've occupied, they've been growing and acquiring more and more space because they're just, you know, the machine, thanks to these low rates. People are calling for cash, huh? 400,000 square feet of office space oh, this God. dude was working with. Wow. And um, he slashed that. I bet. Just, <laughs> just <laughs> recently, um, he's advertised about 40% okay, well, of the space available for rent. If anybody wants to sublet, he's looking to wheel and deal. Um, can't say I mean, you never really like to see somebody be like pinched in business, but like somebody like this, I doubt I, he's being pinched. I've never had a whole lot of respect for like the the call center stuff. overnight pop up call center where they employ people that have no idea what they're doing to just you know respond to the billboard phone calls and the every every commercial on every channel phone calls it just seems like low-hanging fruit to me but hey <laughs> i i did i kind of smirked a little when i saw that that dude was losing all that i mean we don't have to see those annoying commercials anymore <laughs> we've got a caller from Cayucas. we've got bonnie on the line hi 
How are hey, you? Hey, guys, I heard you talking about Halloween um, kind of festivals going on, yeah. and I wanted to let you know that Los Osos Middle School is still on tonight. Oh, it is? Okay. It was for Friday and Saturday night. It's, it is a lot of fun. Groups get in at $7 each, and, and individuals it's 10 And it, I went through it last night, and we're going to go again tonight. But it, it's, it's, uh, the money goes to the school, and it really helps with a lot of things. So if you're out there and you want to come, please do. Bonnie, do you know the hours that it's operating yes, today? It starts, it starts actually at 6 o'clock to 10. Okay. Great. Okay. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. And you don't have to dress up, guys. <laughs> oh, but I've got my costume. <laughs> anyway, well, if you have one, wear it. All right. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Bonnie. Bonnie. Come You're welcome. A, Bye-bye. Come as a scary mortgage lender. Yeah, Dan, I mean, it costume. really doesn't even require much of a costume. Wow. Dan's going to go as baby-scaring Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get the boy a costume? Yeah, he's going to be Superman. Oh, and you're Batman? Uh-huh. And Bobby's going to be Wonder Woman. Wow, you guys are we're like We're the a, superhero crew. I don't know enough about comics. But you're I like, think we're one short of a group that is known. I Yeah, I don't know is that Oh, so that is all one comic, though. That's like the Marvel Squad or I something? I think so. So you're not a big comic guy either, right? Nope. Nope. Yeah, I never really got into the comics thing. I I had friends that were sitting around reading comic books, you know, about little, like, illustrated stuff. And I was like, let's go skate. Yeah. (laughs) Throw balls and stuff. Exactly. (laughs) It was different for me. But, um, hey, you know, to each his own. What were we talking about? Oh, we were talking about Cash Call. Yeah, and I was just kind of rounding out that little bit here. So forty percent of their space is being advertised up, and that's that's in line with I think the the fall in mortgage volume. Mm-hmm. It's about about a forty percent. I've heard various numbers, anywhere from thirty to fifty, but I guess the middle would be forty percent. Well, Wells Fargo um, has already eliminated more than fifty seven hundred jobs from the home loan unit. And J.P. Morgan Chase is looking to reduce its mortgage banking employees by 11,000 this year. And PNC Financial Services Group is cutting 7% of its workers just this month. And PNC is a big, huge national company. Um, Just kind of, it's, the business itself is still cruising along. Everybody that runs, owns, runs, or manages a mortgage-related business is trying to make sure that they're in a good place to weather the next six months while we find out what normal is. Surely what we were doing wasn't normal. And if you compare what we were doing you know, a year ago to what's happening today, it's easy to say that it's fallen somewhere between 40 and 60%. By the way, that's a big correction for some company that's stacked rich full of salaried individuals that they depended on to keep appropriate service levels. Um, is one of the other reasons that I'm really grateful that during this season functioning, we were just as a broker, we didn't have all that. We didn't have, uh, you know a hundred salaried personnel to deal with. That's never fun to have to go through and cut all those people out. But um, And then at the same time, I see so many big mortgage companies looking to recruit um, and grow production, looking to try to gain market share um, to just try to keep snuff. 
Yeah. Well, when you have a decline in volume, you have two options, right? Or you can do a hybrid of. You have the option of cutting expense, so staff, office space, things like that. Or you can add add volume through more producers. You're crazy. And that's, I mean, that's really it. You're crazy. You forgot about the other options. <laughs> What's Dan. that? You can raise the debt ceiling. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but truth be told, I mean, that's, that's kind of a funny parallel. You, as a businessman, you only know of two options. And a hybrid of the two is generally the appropriate response. But you cut expenses or you uh, increase revenue. Or you raise the debt ceiling. Talk about it again in January when it's uh, a more appropriate time to talk about it, I guess. All right. Sorry. You you lobbed that one at me. I really couldn't. I couldn't pass that up. There was a, a really another um, cool announcement this week. And I wonder, one of the things that's challenging about being in the mortgage business here is um, the ability to, like, get the word out in an affordable way to people about really positive impacts um, in as far as loan guidelines go or new programs or these kinds of things. I wish that there was some way that we could make sure that everybody in the nation knew that this week Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae announced that they um, have changed their eligibility requirements for the home affordable refinance. Um, they had this kind of convoluted deal, and there are certainly people in our county um, that experienced this and just couldn't wrap their mind around the logic as to why. But the reality is here is that it was said you had to have received your Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac loan prior to May 31st, on or before May 31st, 2009. And in the event that you got your loan on say may 30th the problem is fanny or freddie didn't actually buy it for another week or two or three or five you know depending on how long it took everyone to get their act together and get it sold off so you could find somebody that their loan funded with the intermediate source their note rate was before that date but they come in and find out that they're ineligible um in my estimation of it, what a terrible policy. Should have always been based just off of note date, but this week, Fannie and Freddie announced that they're wanting to be more transparent with borrowers, and therefore they're no longer considering when Fannie or Freddie took ownership of the loan, but actually just honoring the note date. So there is a lot of people walking around that were told no to be able to get one of these HARP loans, um, that now the answers change to a yes, but you know how do you how do you get that word out there to everybody? You just did it. Yeah, I, I'm afraid not enough people heard. It's a big deal that um, if you were, it's say, a subtle change, but it does. I mean, we ran into several people who ran who signed their the note was dated prior to the the critical cutoff date but the loan is purchased after. So it definitely right. will impact some And people. we make up a fraction of what what's actually happening in the market. What we can see probably, for every one of these we see, there's 100,000 nationally. And we saw enough that I know it's a lot of people. In fact, 
the change, according to Credit Suisse, um, has ex expanded the HARP eligible universe by about $20 billion. Just the, the tweaking of this one little date guideline. So wow. um, it's the only thing you can do is tell people again, if you wanted to refinance and couldn't, you should revisit it because all of the... You may have a little bit more equity. You may be eligible now based on this change. I mean, most people aren't really in touch with the reason why their loan officer said no, but it's worth it's worth tapping in and looking again because um, stuff. It's it's a fluid environment. It's changing all the time. Yeah. I really think that the the HARP program is a is a great and powerful program. Um, if you have a six and a half percent interest rate, you can still do a HARP loan today with unlimited loan to value. In other words, almost unlimited negative equity and get yourself a lower interest rate. And though rates have gone up and stuff, those things are still comfortably, you know, somewhere around about uh, the high fours or maybe five percent in some cases. But um, it's worth exploring. So keep that in mind. We've got another caller waiting patiently on the line. We've got John in San Luis Obispo. Welcome to the show, John. Hi, thank you. Got a question just about uh, qualifying. Uh, it's part of the loan docs uh, that I got. Uh, there's something in there about uh, releasing your uh, tax forms. You know, are you signing something that says to the IRS, uh, we're going to get your uh, – you can – release by tax returns Correct. under the mortgage company. Do you guys actually do that? What's involved in it? I'll listen in. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for the call, John. Um, okay, so the form itself is called a 4506, and what it is is it's a request for transcript, tax transcripts. And the transcripts, basically, when you file your tax returns in April... It takes them a few weeks to sort through everything, but those tax returns get boarded electronically. And, and I think a lot of people are e-filing now anyway, but those numbers get um, uploaded into the IRS system. And, you know, you've got on your tax forms, they're more or less the instructions the whole way through. You know, line one is this, line two is this, line three is this, line four is this, enter the higher or lower of, and all these kinds of things throughout the forms. The transcripts themselves, when you see them from the IRS side, is literally just the line and the value. No explanation required. And so what we do in the industry is have you sign an authorization. And the IRS, by the way, is very peculiar about how accurate this um, form has to be completed. And the holder of the form can pull the transcripts on the tax return just one time. Um, Originally, it started out as a way of um, identifying and preventing fraud. If somebody brought in a set of dummy tax returns that weren't actually the ones we filed with the IRS, then we would end up with um, a transcript that showed a difference in the numbers. And that difference in the numbers, we, we may end up asking for an explanation. You know, oftentimes when you find one of these variations, it's because... The, the accountant gave the client a file and then they made revisions and then the final was never shared with the client or whatever. I mean, there's little reasons it varies in a small way. Um, or they prepare the whole taxes and forget the Schedule E to complete the Schedule E. Then they go back and add all of that data and run it 
So the, the bottom line is this is required on every loan today. And they are as a matter of quality control because we've been so trained now into worrying about every possible unturned, you know, stone here. We go through every detail with a fine tooth comb. Those are run on 100% of the loans today. And if you're taxes that you're providing your loan officer are the very ones that you provide the IRS, um, then you have nothing to worry about. I don't, it doesn't, I'm, I'm a kind of, uh, I don't like the, the man getting too much power or invading my privacy all too much. This is to me, this is a non-issue on this form. It's not a big deal. It has negligible impact, um, at all if you're a rule follower never is going to have any impact at all it's going to catch the people that are um foolishly trying to get away with something well and and believe it or not prior to implementation of this policy tax returns were submitted for loan qualification that had substantial whiteout and right. retyping of figures let's, let's take the losses out of this copy and just show that as income and yeah, and that's just one of many um, quality control measures. There are other things that are just real basic that don't require a verification form to be signed. Like when you submit a W-2, the underwriter looks at the amount of Social Security tax you're paying and, and does a quick calculation to make sure that it's in line with the wages that are stated on the W-2. Yeah, and when so people a lot go on and of... manipulate a number, it throws off that that factor. Um, it's Last night I was um, hanging out with a good buddy and we were talking about the 4506, in fact. And he said that back in the day he had a a business acquaintance in Orange County that his he was a CPA. And his entire job was creating um, bogus tax returns. And the 4506 is what caught those people. Um, mm -hmm. So I, for one, am thankful for it. And I do think it's helpful. It, we don't catch that many people cheating anymore, though. It's more the, the errors are explainable due to some kind of uh, accountancy filing error. Yeah. Well, we've, we saw a lot of holes in the process. And, and a lot of those holes have been corrected now. That's right. So, or stopped up here. Now we've got another caller from Morro Bay. We've got Don on the line. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, oh, enjoying your show again as usual. Thank, Thank you. you. Got some economic food for thought. I go on the internet and I try to find economic data. It seems hard to find historic economic data on manufacturing, GDP, etc. It's all like month to month and year to year, and and seems to me easy to manipulate to the positive. Sort of like comparing the bottom of the barrel to the bottom of the barrel. Uh, um, yeah. here, here's an analogy. A man goes dumpster diving for food and finds nothing. The next day he goes again and finds a box with three pieces of untouched fresh super combo pizza. It's a 44,000% increase over the previous data. <laughs> okay? Sure. Now let's go back three years when he was making 120000 a year before he lost his home and job. Do you find it hard to find economic data that compares uh, like 10-year to 10-year, 5-year to 5-year, and what I believe and I think you believe is the reality? Yeah, I am forever. So I, I, I'm on this constant search for finding a way to ground this stuff in some kind of context to another time that feels um, at least understood by me. 
And it's very difficult to find that kind of data um, st stored and saved and available that might tell you what, um, yeah, what all of those different metrics are, whether you're looking at unemployment, um, jobless claims in a week ending, you know, some point five or 10 years ago. That stuff's challenging to find. I recently went on the, uh, I probably spent about an hour trying to find a comparison between the past and the present manufacturing between China, Brazil, Mexico, Canada, and the U.S., and I, just, I couldn't find anything that spelled out uh, the comparison from then to now. Yeah. It's almost like it's purposely uh, kept from us. Yeah, I... I... I kind of wondered the same thing, and I also wondered if there was a way that you could compile that data for profit since it's perfectly missing from all of the interwebs. Um, and I, I think it just the fact is, is there's not enough people that are tracking it enough to to want to publish it. But Well, I found something here. It's at worldbank.org, and... I'm not sure who World Bank is, so, you know, I always... That's probably got something to do with the Federal Reserve Banks. Yeah, I've, I'm not convinced that it's a reputable organization yet. That's obviously the first thing I'd want to look at, but they do seem to have a lot of data here. It's all organized by country. They've got every country that I can think of, and they've got it bracketed in four-year buckets going back to 1980, um, and it, so you can basically see year by year how each country stacked up to one another. Um, so I don't know. Check that out. I, maybe you came across that one. Maybe not. But World Bank. What's the comparison on? It's just comparing the GDP figures country by oh. country year year to year. Okay. So for 2008, I can see Afghanistan had 10 trillion. Albania had almost 13 trillion. You know, Algeria had 171 trillion in in gross domestic products. So, if that's what did you Google? Uh, GDP historical data, and that was oh, one really? of the, yeah, that was one of the first things that came up. WorldBank.org. All right. Well, so I will go look at that. Try that again. I'm not vouching for the the source here, but it's the first I thing that popped up. Well, thanks, Don. Yeah, thanks for the call. Take care. So. I find it um, really necessary to try to get some context in this. And I was when when we had like initial jobless claims for those couple months that were dipping all the way down into the you know the low three hundred. We touched into a two ninety seven one week. That was when I looked it up to find out that that was the same in in two thousand and and six. Really two thousand and five. That was. And all of a sudden, I start going, hey, well, that's when you look at it that way, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. I mean, those numbers are on par with a time where the economy had some real steam to it. So you kind of got to be grateful for that. But it doesn't match everything else from like, not that I want to replicate 05 again, but it's just the landscape so different today. I'm just realizing that I said trillions when I probably meant billions. I get yeah, my trillions and billions you confused. You had like Algeria, like 197 trillion. I was yeah. like, dang, dude, that's, I, you know, that's big. So many. I, I just, I do that all the time. I'm at the out. grocery store. I'm talking trillions. I mean, eight billions. or nine zeros. Yeah, yeah. So it was billions. But those zeros, they kind of start to run off after a while. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
That's all right. We forgive you. Okay. I, I, uh, didn't I do something similar to that recently? <laughs> Probably. Probably. I <laughs> do that kind of stuff a lot. You're talking trillions, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy, <laughs> all those zeros. Trillions, trillions, it's hard to keep track of. And, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. what's a what's a couple trillion? It's not dropping the bucket anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be big money, dude. Now it does not so much. Just a trillion. Oh, boy. Hey, we got to sneak in the final commercial break of the hour, and I hope that Jim still has it queued. Dan talked right over it. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, but we got to do this. Take time to thank the sponsors. We'll be back with more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. When it comes to your mortgage, do you pay points or do you take the no-cost loan? Don't let your loan officer or banker choose for you. At Central Coast Lending, we help you decide. Numbers don't lie. We teach you to do the math so you can cut through the salesmanship and get the best loan for you. Because we can't be beat, we'll even teach you how to shop and compare other offers. We don't charge upfront fees, and we value every client. Call Central Coast Lending today at 543-LOAN. That's 543-5626. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. That creepy Halloween music or Bambi? It reminds me of Bambi for some reason. I, I missed the first part of it the though. Death scene in Bambi. That's what it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's the part. This is the Twilight Zone. Huh. Who'd have guessed? Not me. There you go. I almost want to just hear the whole thing, but hey. 
That was the whole thing. That was <laughs> you just did. <laughs> All right. Maybe it was a little bit uh, less exciting than I thought. You know what else is going on in Lone World, Dan? What else? Lately, they've been talking, the FHFA has been talking about dropping the loan limits to potentially 400000 by the end of the year. I'm starting to see people squirm ever so slightly about the potential drop in that rate, uh, that available loan amount. Um, they announced this week that they will not be reduced for at least six months, and any such reduction will occur after a six-month prior notice. See that? Right, but they're still going to make a decision by November. So they're going to make a decision by November. Typically, the change would be implemented January 1st. Right. But now they're they're giving us a six-month notice that they're going to make a decision in November what to do, and then there will be six months. So so May or June is when we're going to start seeing yeah. the change actually implemented. Right. My, my interpretation of this was is that we're going to get our six-month notice in November if anything's changing. Yeah. Well, I, th I think one of the likely changes currently for the purpose of trying to resolve the debt or I'm sorry, the uh, the housing problems. Fannie Mae stepped well above and beyond the typical loan amount. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac stepped way above what they would typically um, insure guarantee. Um, for a while, it was up to seven twenty nine. 750 or something like that. Now in our county, in San Luis Obispo County, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac will um, go up to 561,200. Typically, that would be a jumbo loan. You're subject to the more restrictive jumbo loan underwriting criteria. Right. So it's really an opportunity right now to get a better interest rate and a more liberal underwrite. Yeah. In fact, so I was talking with a couple of people this week that um, let's say you have a jumbo loan that you owe five hundred thousand. I mean, that's that's historically been a jumbo. Right now, it's considered like a temporary conforming loan. Um, if you have one of those, we, we've got some people that they've got some kind of an arm, right? Like they're a five or seven year arm that's adjusted and it adjusted downward because the the economy's been in the toilet for so long that the the index these loans are based on like if it's the one year LIBOR with a two or three point margin that that could have adjusted from six and a half down to three or four percent so these people are experiencing a good positive cash flow right now on that um, when if they don't do something now, they're going to get caught in a point where once it's time to refi it into a fixed loan, it's too late. Guys, we got the top of the break, uh, top of the hour break here. We'll be back in just a few minutes for another hour of Mortgage Matters. When you decide it's time for a new vehicle, you do your research. Then you comb the internet and the dealerships for the best offer. So when you're shopping for a home loan, why would you only get one quote? Central Coast Lending would like to remind you that no one has ever lost money from a second opinion. So before you sign, let Central Coast Lending give you a quote. We work with multiple banks to find the right loan for you, and more often than not, our rates and fees are the lowest you'll find. Give us a call today at 543-LOAN. That's 543-5626. Central Coast Lending, the more Mortgage experts.
All right, everybody, welcome back to Mortgage Matters. It's 11.05. Got to get your... Um, this is the segment of the show where you really got to use your endurance. Keep going. Just plug ahead. Dan's looking at me like I'm crazy. No? You I'm like it? It sound boring. It's not boring. Yeah. Make it sound like worse. This is the, the, where we actually really come alive. Everything's really yeah, that's what ready to go. For me, it's this, this is where uh, people are on the edge of their seats, just like, what else? What's what going to happen next? The suspense it's, is building. The first yeah, hour, now you're going to answer all the questions. And the they're second sitting hour. in the driveway, just wishing we would let them out of their car. Yeah, just... but no, not going to happen. Not going to do it. Right before the clock so rudely kept going on me, I was well. We got no warning. No warning. No. I'm so sorry. I was you take a week off. You forget for the hand shows. signals. Oh my gosh. Can I can yeah. I just take a minute here to complete my thoughts so that I feel good about myself? Okay. <laughs> it's been an appropriate strategy for the last few years to have an adjustable rate loan and let it adjust. It's adjusted downward. The payment goes down. It's a good place to be in. What you don't want to have happen is to sit in that adjustment period too long. Because then when rates start to go up, your loan begins going up. And if that's the point at which you come in to refinance into a fixed rate loan, rates are already up. Now you're locking in the higher rate. So it's all of those people that have adjustable rate loans have to be watching very closely. And I'm not suggesting that rates are going up right away right now. I do think there's still time to ride this out. And in my estimation, I think it's probably close to a year. I know Dan puts his eyebrows up. Those were the eyebrows of disbelief, the incredulous eyebrows. It's probably Dan. You you would like to argue that it's less than a year. Here's my well, point though: for the begin of the rise in, rates. if you have one of those arms that's a loan amount higher than four hundred thousand dollars, you're officially now playing with fire. We know that the federal home. Federal uh, Housing Finance Authority. Authority. <laughs> FHFA. Well, I was trying not to use the acronym. We got well, some Well, you can use the acronym, then, then define it. Perfect. <laughs> they are going to raise or lower that maximum loan amount for Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. So the entire climate for loans that are greater than 400000 is going to change after, um, you know, maybe as soon as the first of the year. So just a little, that's what we do on Mortgage Matters. You know, we throw out a little nug. Even if we only save one person today, it's worth talking about, right? So there you go. Yeah. So in addition to the loan amount eligibility likely to the announced change in November, the implementation of change probably around May. What else? Um, economists who've been polled, believe that by the March by Fed meeting, okay, March Fed meeting is when tapering will begin. Oh, booty. So that is, according to the economists, these are the same, are the these same, same people heads. who missed the whole taper timeline before, but they... These people lack serious credibility. With <laughs> they believe that the... Yes. The taper will begin in March, which would imply that rates would also begin the the slow but steady upward trend in March. It's a funny thing that they picked March because 
Little do they um, think we know that here in January we have to tackle this budget thing. We I have think to that's why they the didn't suggest ceiling. it would be December or January. We're going to see like um, the first quarter of the whole Affordable Care Act thing and what might be happening up in there. So I'm... I, Let's have a let's have a pool. Yeah, we should do this anyway. We could line out like the next sixteen Fed meetings and sell squares, right? Where we'll all end up buying a square for when they actually announce the formal tapering plan. The person that has Sounds a square wins like money. gambling, and I think that kind of activity is not condoned in the state of California. Yeah. We could do it for Oreos or something. Right? <laughs> Doesn't have to be money. All right, we've got a caller from San Luis Obispo. We've got Marilyn on the line. I think those squares sounded like a lot of fun. They, okay, well, we'll do a we'll like, set up a secret website. Like your fantasy football <laughs> thing that you do. Yeah, um, that's not for money though. What I was calling about is I know what ARM means. Okay. But when you say some of the other letters, I don't know what they mean. Anything in particular? Well, you were saying something about the federal... The FHFA. Yeah. Yeah, the Federal Housing Finance Authority. Yeah. So when you say those letters, maybe you can tell what they actually mean. That's an excellent reminder, Marilyn. We often... We're... There are so many acronyms in the mortgage industry, and, you know, we talk the talk every day, so sometimes we forget that it's not normal to, it, it, to speak like that. I remember... <laughs> Uh, I'll be the first to acknowledge I have a little bit of a problem with this because I remember it like when I was in grade school and high school, they would always correct me for using an acronym without explaining it. It's okay if you explain it first and then give the acronym and then the rest of the paper, you could use the acronym only. Mm -hmm. But I just failed generally to give the explanation of it first. So, Marilyn, um, criticism well received. Well, thank you. And we will make a more conscientious effort to use the definitions of acronyms before so flagrantly throwing them around. <laughs> I love your adjectives. <laughs> All right, hey, thank you. Bye. All right. So um, other, other little stuff, Dan. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I always, I never know when you want to like start really get going on the. Whole, I'm following uh, your lead. All right, following your lead. Yeah, well, we're shifting gears a little bit here. Um, sales of new U.S. homes rose in August. They already. It, it, you know what the second part of this headline is? Sales of it, existing homes slowed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but but these ones rose right after a plunge. Ah, uh, yes. We had a plunge in the month of July. It was in. Talk about know. some great adjectives. Hardly, so. yeah. The, <laughs> I should be a headline writer. <laughs> I can do it, you know. Largest deficit since June of 05. They have so many of these, like, you know, just have to find the point in history where it was uh, bigger. Now that we have your new website, I'll be able to do it. Um, sales increased 7.9% to a 421,000 annualized pace. 421,000 units basically being built um following a rate of 390,000 in the prior month. So the difference from plunged to rose it turns out is only like 30,000 homes nationally 
when you cook it down like that, that doesn't sound really. I mean, is that a lot? Then you take it by fifty states, so then it's what? No, I don't think much. so. No, what's considered healthy and normal uh, new units per year sold is about seven hundred thousand. Yeah, I, so we're slightly better than half of of normal, and that difference between what was it amazing and terrible were about five percent of normal. Not enough. Not not a not significant enough to justify difference. these headlines. And but sadly though, and this is one of the problems I have with these little like the way that they they couch this data. These are the things that play into that whole consumer sentiment that we've been talking about. Is if the buzz was building that, hey, you know, the contractors are going back to work and that's a really a good sign. And then you dust off a headline that goes, oh, new home sales plunge. So now we're not even interested in that. Here we go. You know, the, everything's in a handbasket here. And the reality of it is, no. Nah, it's it, moderate changes from month to month. Right. And you've got to expect a 5% variance from one month to the next is going to be somewhat acceptable, if not appropriate. So at any rate, the good news is is that U.S. home sales rose, um, and one of the things that was cited in this article though was that a jump in mortgage costs is a significant factor in home purchase decision. Again, I don't really love that. I mean, when you when you really isolate the numbers as in terms of what happened from interest rate of then to today, in the average home of uh, a place in in san luis county you know we we recognize that home values are they vary widely we have some pretty decent metrics in our company as far as what the average loan amount has been and dan what's the update on it over the last four to five years average loan amount in our county is about 275. yeah so if you took the average loan amount then and you increased that from a three and a quarter rate to a four and an eighth or whatever. I mean, yeah, there's some increase there. It, it goes up by, you know, I, I don't know exactly what it is. I would estimate it's a hundred bucks a month. Is that enough to prevent you from buying a brand new house? Because that's what these guys are talking about here. New home sales, never lived in before, brand new home. And the rates here have slowed these things down? No. Yeah, I don't I don't buy that either. I think if anything, it you know, you you may be compromised on the amenities you're looking for or the if a hundred bucks a month makes or, or breaks you, you deserve you don't yeah. deserve to be buying a brand new home. I don't think it it changes the decision whether or not to to even purchase a home. But I, I don't at the yeah. bigger picture though, my point if you convince the general public that rates of trashed affordability and that homes are plunging, that then kind of removes a little bit of the the confidence from the air and gets people thinking that things are worse than they really are. Yeah, and I, I think back to our conversation last week with Wes Burke from Patterson Realty, where of the factors that he cited for people making a home purchase interest rates wasn't one of the top four or five factors that he even cited. It had to do with, you know, 
where the family unit is, you know, as far as the age of children and, and things like that. And, you know, how how good the job and income situation is for the family and and how well the current home meets their needs. There's there's all these other factors other than what the interest rate is on the loan. Right. So, yeah, I just I don't buy it. It's a it's a ploy to use data and, and use fancy, you know, extreme adjectives to sell sell papers sell headlines the median sales price for a new home increased 0.6 percent from august 2012 that seems small wouldn't you expect that a new home i mean well what's interesting new homes have have not really followed the trend of housing in general and keep in mind that it's the resale homes that dominate sales. Those are about 80% of, of all homes transacted are, are existing home sales. The new homes, um, they're actually, they're flat. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of data where new home sales are actually down year over year as far as value prices go. And for example, you know, we had some, some data come out for San Luis Obispo County. Sales of new homes in August in San Luis Obispo County increased significantly the number of units 30 were sold in august whereas only six were sold in august of 2012 so that's a 400 percent increase in sales the median price of the new home sold decreased almost 23 percent year over year so tremendous amount of volume increase but a reduction in the average sales price but you know what that means to me though just if I was looking at San Luis Obispo County trying to size up what that means is that people building homes a year ago or two years ago like this with the mentality of yesteryear, they're probably building high-end luxury homes. You weren't building the normal stock housing for the worker bees of a, of a little community like San Luis Obispo. So... There was only six houses built last year. If those were all million dollar houses, now we build 30 of them and we sell them for 500, you're gonna see a radical increase in volume with a fall off completely well, in sales price. And it's not even about built, it's about they're sold last year or sold this year. And we know how long it takes to go through the planning process, the building process, the marketing process. And then, so you have to, you know, back into when was the land purchased and when were the materials purchased and things land in particular cost more, the farther back you go, you know, in, I guess pre 2008 or something like that. Sure. I, well, even, I guess whenever the bottom was 2009. So you have to look at the metrics that go into it, but yeah, now we're starting to see the new tracks come on the market that that work with today's economics. So that's where I think the prices are falling. So purchases rose in three of four US regions, right? They got like the Northeast, South and West. Um, sales dropped in the West by an 82,000 unit annualized pace, which is again, the weakest since March of 2012. But the supply- All the way back then. Right, so the <laughs> eons ago, back when I was a lowercase g. <laughs> The supply of homes at the current sales rate fell to five months from 
<laughs> you got, I got you the giggles on that one. I like There's that another one. one of those Jason isms right there. <laughs> well, come on, the name's Grody, man. I grew now up I'm a big G. All these yeah, guys no. were talking about being G's. That was like the thing, dude. So I, now I'm a big G. I was, a, I was a little G. I'm telling you. We Back when I was a lower taste Two G. hours off one time and place all the Jasonisms. <laughs> At the end of August, there were 175,000 new houses on the market, um, which was the most since 2011. Um, anyways, point is, there's not a ton of inventory. Five months is an appropriate amount of inventory for new homes on the market. Um, it's, in fact, down a little bit, which would suggest that there's a reasonable appetite to it, uh, perhaps room to build a little bit more. Uh, by these metrics nationally, the year-over-year uh, -year price is increasing, which is good. Um, check in with uh, the builders. Lennar Corp., um, which is the third largest home builder um, by dollars generated, said the fiscal year third quarter earnings rose as the company sold more houses and raised prices. So that's good news to find out that not only are they selling more homes, but they're actually able to increase the prices on those homes as well. Um, but they've gone to say that they've experienced a little bit of a slowdown um, and really only chalk it up to the consumer adjusting to the change in interest rate. In my estimation of it, it's that fever. The fever um, of the 3% 30-year fix is kind of out of the air. And so people are going to be returning back to evaluating their own needs and looking at um, all of these things. I hope from a more pragmatic standpoint about whether or not to buy a brand new house than to make a hasty decision to lock in an interest rate that's 1% lower than you know what it, what it is today. To round out the home sales conversation here, existing home sales nationally uh, fell 2% but prices are higher, about 11%, compared to a year ago. Um, locally, existing, no, all home sales, this is new and existing home sales, were up 5.5% year over year, and the median home price in San Luis Obispo increased 7% in September from last year to $420,000. Ah. Good to hear. That ain't bad. Um, it is time for us to take a break. We've got so much more to talk about, though, and we hope that you're still interested in calling in and sharing your questions or comments. We'd love to hear from you. You can call us at 543-8830, 543-8830, or 800-549-KVEC. Stick around for more Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Imagine if you'd purchased Google stock 10 years ago or bought gold before it went through the roof. How much money would you have right now? Today's real estate market is ripe with opportunities just like these. It's rare that real estate values and mortgage rates are low at the same time. Rates will go up and home Home values will too. Stop renting. Owning a home is more attainable than you think. We are living in the golden age of real estate. Call 543-LOAN. That's 543-5626. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. What a state of generosity. Look what my agent got for me. Just by switching to State Farm. 
A few hundred unexpected bucks, I couldn't ask for more. But now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical, like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Well, I saw the thing coming out of the sky. It had a one long horn and one big eye. Like a Mr. Shaking in the city. It looks like a purple people eater to me. It was a one-eyed, one-horned flying. All right, everybody, welcome back to Mortgage Matters. Jim Timely with the music beds. That song's always one I'm, I, I never actually know how I feel about it, but whatever. That's kind of how Thanks for playing it. I guess. I don't know. I was expecting uh, the Monster Mash, we'll maybe? We'll I mean, take, come we'll on. Take, that's we'll take like, the next break. We'll take the Monster Mash Oh, it's huge. That's like a, that means you can't talk through the next break. Fair enough. <laughs> I have to rest See, my voice anyway. we just teased anyway. him for that. So that means that uh, tech term there, tease. You know, so there you are. Right? Yeah, sure. So you know what else happened? We got the employment report. Bam. Yes, we did. Is that what you were going to talk about? It wasn't at all, but I'll follow <laughs> your lead on this one, Batman. All right. Employment report, generally disappointing. Um, we were expecting more jobs to be added than we found out were. We were expecting about 180,000 jobs to be added. That was the expectation. What we saw was 148,000 jobs added. Just real quick. Yeah. We expected like lackluster results, and then we were disappointed. Disappointed <laughs> when they were less really than bad. Our bad expectations. Creating 180,000 jobs in a month for the U.S. economy is not less than impressive. Yeah. Okay, but, as you were, sir, as so, you were. <laughs> instead, we created less than 150,000 jobs. Um, and as is, seems to be the norm, when we have bad jobs added number, the unemployment rate falls. So unemployment rate fell to 7.2%. And only the rookie economist is looking at that metric and celebrating it. Um, in fact, very few serious economists would even care that that jobless rate fell um, by the way, it fell to like a four year low, but Hey, I mean, the theme here is just trying to con 
catch context to the last time here. Um, it doesn't include people without jobs who have given up looking for work. And that allowing that metric to be what drops this rate and makes headlines, I think, is a is a critical misstep. But all throughout today's show, my theme here has been the impact of consumer confidence because we really believe and see the impact of confidence in the economy. Hey, I'll let them. I'll let them have this one. You tell everybody the employment rate went down, <sighs> the unemployment rate went down, and uh, that should get people feeling better, right? Yeah, right. Well, what this shows us too. Th this was. Um, Jobs added, it includes the pay period up to the 12th of September, two weeks prior to the federal government shutdown. So uh, this shows oh, that the momentum was pretty poor leading up to the government right shutdown. Right before they went and probably the next report, themselves in the foot. Yeah, the next report is going to include the period that covered the government shutdown. So we're not expecting that to be a great number either. Um so that's it's just a generally disappointing report, and that's where the economists are thinking that we've got a ways to go until tapering really gets going. Um, private employment was also projected to rise by 180,000, but that only we only saw 126,000 jobs added to private payrolls. So what's the tally since June of 2009? We've added 6.8 million jobs to the 8.7 million jobs lost following the 18-month recession that ended in June of 2009. So we've still got quite a ways to go. So what you're saying is uh, the plunging <laughs> unemployment rate is actually a mask of sorts of... Uh, lackluster jobs economy exactly like a halloween mask it's like a it's hiding its true identity as um a falling rate but the reality is it's because of a, a true lack of jobs and um, that lack of jobs leads us now to count differently <laughs> on the other side so we had a disappointing number of jobs added on the other side we saw a disappointing number of jobs lost or ap applications for unemployment benefits. Um, those were a lot higher than we were hoping. For a while there, they were touching down near 300,000, and now we're back up into the 350s. In fact, this, um, this week, 350,000. I don't want to bum you out with this, but they revised last week up to 362, by the way. Yeah. So that <laughs> I mean, so it was better than last week, but well, we started out was we were we were coming along at a good clip, and it was going all right, and then we had that computer glitch thing. Remember that when it like really touched down, and then we played with that for a week or two. Um, then we saw some numbers take a big, big jump, like pulled a three eighty number was totally blindsiding. I, expectations were for it to be down, and we really took a big hop. Um, and we've been working our way back. This moving average is pushing towards that 350 mark every week now. Um, yeah, we were supposed to to drop to 340. Now, not so much. 350. 
So, hey. Um, continuing claims, though, fell. That's good. Yeah, man. No way. Yeah. Four-week average. Oh, continuing. Continuing. Okay. Four-week average tracking the fresh first-timers showing yes. up and what that looks like in this moving four-week window. Continuing claims. Oh, these are the people that are on it for... Um, can be, can you still be 99 weeks? I don't know. You can take a pretty good run at it though. Yeah. I, let's say it's at least 26 weeks. Okay. Uh, I, that's I think normal. That's normal. Um, 2.874 million. Um, and the week prior was 2.882 million. So it fell. Less people uh, on the long-term side of it, the continuing benefits. So that's a good thing. Ben Bernanke, chairman of the Fed, says conditions in the job market today are still far from what all of us would like to see. Itching ever closer to that. We're down six-tenths now, by the way, to that 7%. We're headed to that 7% number, that fabled number, which... Unemployment rate? Yeah. Um, it's pretty awesome. Let's see here, I had another one for you. Import prices, anyone? Um, American import prices rose for a second month in September as the cost of petroleum increased. I thought that was surprising. Hasn't petroleum been going down? Gas has been. Well. Same deal here. That's stinking. Yeah. Anyway, I th I keep seeing prices a little bit lower at the plump at the pump, and also barrel of fuel across the ticker looks like it's reasonably low compared to where I've seen it before. Then I read this and see that due to um, due to the increased cost of petroleum, um, but. Here's here's the bottom line. There was no sign of a buildup in imported inflation pressures. So, um, and and saw that metric across the board a few times this week. Saw lots of people saying no expectation of inflation anytime soon. Um, since still, not that's not necessarily a good thing. I mean, the Feds are wanting to see some inflation, needing to see some inflation. Um, especially to not see any kind of deflation, but um, chugging away, trying to make it happen. So we look at the numbers. We look at a pretty disappointing, no matter how you look at it, unemployment claims or jobs gained, pretty disappointing employment report that, that finally came out, a couple weeks delayed. Housing, prices are going up. Units are better than last year. Still not great, not up to what we would consider healthy and normal. We've got consumer confidence dropping. We're coming off of the heels of a of a government shutdown and anticipating more more fighting and trouble ahead. So why wouldn't the stock market be near record highs, right? Correct. Because corporations are earning tons of money and all of the earnings that are being reported are so great. And of course, I mean, there's a new iPhone and a new iPad. So are people? Why wouldn't it be? But consumer spending isn't like off the charts. So what's the deal there? 
Is it even actually about these corporations having good earnings or just a, a general, you know, market moving run to buy this thing because buy this stock because all the cool kids own it? Maybe. The stock investors that I know that are playing around with their little fun money Scott trade accounts don't care nothing about profitability. They'll buy based on a whim because there's an iPad coming out or something. Let's go ahead and do the final commercial break of the show. I want to remind you guys that uh, when we come back, you're welcome to call in and ask a question, uh, share a comment or a concern. We'd love to hear from you. The number to the studio is 543-8830. Or you can call us toll-free at 800-549-KVEC. Stick around after this short break for more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. When it comes to your mortgage, do you pay points or do you take the no-cost loan? Don't let your loan officer or banker choose for you. At Central Coast Lending, we help you decide. Numbers don't lie. We teach you to do the math so you can cut through the salesmanship and get the best loan for you. Because we can't be beat, we'll even teach you how to shop and compare other offers. We don't charge upfront fees, and we value every client. Call Central Coast Lending today at 543-LOAN. That's 543-5626. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. Match. The match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. 
It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. From my laboratory. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543 Loan. Just call 543 Loan. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. I'm not going to say the transition wow. was very smooth, but yeah. what do you think about that jingle? That was pretty awesome. Yeah? Yeah. There you go. I haven't uh, I hadn't heard it. That was my first time hearing it. Well, so there you go. I think we should play it every few minutes here. <laughs> just to try and squeeze in like four more before the show's over. See you see you get it stuck in your head. <laughs> it's a chipper little jingle. Makes you kind of feel happy about it. We're the mortgage experts on the Central think? Coast. I think so. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending. When you buy or That's Jason singing. He's got an incredible voice. Dan's playing the piano, but it's like that one from Big where it's on the floor and he's dancing on it. Brought a Ringo Starr on the drums, right? You should see the music video. It's pretty awesome. It's radio, so we can't show it. Right. Yeah. But they could go to the Central Coast Lending website, right? Totally. And watch the music video. There it is. I doubt that. I uh, grabbed this um, postcard off of the front here. They're having a second annual Pugs Giving. Aloha style. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. Saturday, November 9th at the Pismo Beach Golf Course Event Tent. It's the season to celebrate with your Pugs, family and friends, at the Pugs Giving Aloha style. I don't have a Pug. I don't either. Anybody that does. Excellent artwork on the postcard, though. Did you see that? Wow, that's awesome. Positive feedback on the jingle is already flooding my phone. Really? Oh, yeah. What did you hear? Just lots of likes. Lots of people liking it. Excellent. I love the jingle. um, I'm proud of the jingle. I feel like we should probably just start advertising it all over the place. We're the mortgage experts <laughs> on the Central Coast. I got it racked again there. Central yeah. Coast Lending. It feels like one of those Central annoying Coast ones, Lending. though, that can get really caught in your head. I, I'm not kidding you. I woke up with just it stuck in my head. There you go. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. There you go. See? Now, you know. You're done. You're I'm going to be like, you know, 3 o'clock this afternoon. And it's like, darn it, Jason. Dan. <laughs> Central Coast Lending. I was picturing like somebody's going to be. We should do a commercial about the jingle, Dan, where like somebody's at work, you know, like over at Caltrans or something. And somebody's like, yeah, I got to get a home loan. And then somebody goes, just call 543 loan. <laughs> and then the jingle can like backfill it would be brilliant there I mean, it is. That's, that's all we actually need people to remember just how to get a hold of us when they're ready it's a it's a tricky thing actually to market home loans especially when rates aren't at the like lowest lowest of all time because people only get home loans like every four years on average so if you 
you know, you got to be able to be in front of somebody over some pretty extensive, extensive periods of time. And, um, yeah, so hopefully our jingle will help us be, we need refrigerator magnets. I, I just so. realized that's the other thing, <laughs> a refrigerator <laughs> magnet. No, those yeah. are terrible. I, I don't, don't even use those. Do you have magnets on your fridge? No, we're not allowed to with the new fridge. Oh. Yeah. It's a new rule. New household rule. Now that you guys are like grown-ups, you got to... Yeah. Well, yeah. how do you know what the pizza company number is? <laughs> That's like It'll the only change. one of those that I feel like is really worth it. That'll be all changed when his kid draws his first picture and it's going to happen. That's what I think, but I've been told that's, otherwise. Oh, I, I thought you meant yeah. right on the refrigerator. No, no, like, yeah, that's yeah, what my kids do. <laughs> oh, good. That's permanent marker, I hope. <laughs> that's an ex. Yeah. And you you don't want to shoot down Picasso. So you got to, when you catch your kid drawing a mural down the entire hallway, you just have to kind of be like, oh, oh that's yes. nice. Here, let me get you some paper. And, um, <laughs> well, you can do that chalkboard paint now. Yeah, I've and seen, then it's okay to write on the walls. You're some friends have it. done that. See that? I'm like, that's. I think that's how the like little taggers are getting trained up. <laughs> <laughs> then they start writing on train cars and stuff. I don't know. You already putting away all your notes, dude? Well, you know all the exciting stuff. I feel like we went through. You do? Yeah. You talked a little bit about existing home sales. There was a chunk of my notes here that I thought was worth sharing on that topic. Um, first time home buyers accounted for 28% of all sales. So still a little more than a quarter is folks showing up to buy their very first house. All cash deals, 33% of the total. Um, and then non-owner deals, Guys that are buying investment property, 19%. So if you're marketing a home loan company, <laughs> you got to get to the first time home buyers. There's a lot of cash deals. Um, and that doesn't help. I don't understand why people are using cash to buy real estate when interest rates are so low. Where else are you going to put it? Hang on to it until you can get 6% in a CD. That's going to happen again. I mean, I understand that right now the, the safe return on money is going to be less than that interest cost, but that's not going to continue forever. So you kind of have to, in my opinion, if I was looking to park a few hundred thousand dollars or $600,000, I would I would lay that out and look at that. Yeah. So for the first, you know, even if you don't think rates are going to go up past 6% for two years or three years, then you chart that out. You know how much that's Yeah, but you're you. on a different you're you're not necessarily in the same part of your life as as a lot of people who are making these home purchases. You know, you have a an income you know that's not based on social security or a or some kind of pension that's sure. a, that's a fraction of what you used to earn. You're you're at your earning peak right now, but and look, and so you can afford to have that monthly payment because your your income earning is is approaching a high in your correct. Life. However, there's a lot of people who are in retirement and that payment doesn't help their living situation. 
Sure. But if you had the cash sitting aside, which clearly you do, because this person we're talking about is either going to throw it out in a lump or use it to service the debt. And granted, the interest cost is what we have to actually analyze each month. But this and this is where I, I want to make this point here and tell me if I'm way off base. If I gave you a million dollars today in a shoebox, well... Let's make it better than a shoebox, like a weatherproof box, right? Fireproof, weatherproof. Would you take this million dollars and bury it in your, um, like, in the crawl space of your house? Can you bury things in your crawl space? Yeah, as long as you're not on a slab. Which, okay. You know, like, your house on a footing, so you could get into that dirt down right. there. Dig it up, put this weatherproof, fireproof box in there, cover it with soil. And uh, leave it there. Is that what you? I mean, is that what you would do with the million bucks if I gave it to you? I wouldn't bury it in the dirt. No. My point is, is that a million dollars buried in your basement is equal to equity. You have that's the same thing. Your house is going to require maintenance. It's going to appreciate. It's going to depreciate. It's going to have. Um, it's normal characteristics of shelter and entertainment and everything that you want out of a home, totally independent of equity or that million bucks in the basement. So it's really hard for me to understand if, if you wouldn't do it with a million bucks, why would you do it with 300,000 or 500,000? I'm not suggesting that everybody that has equity is making a mistake, but it's, it's just interesting to me. You know, what can if you... you've invested your money in, say, a stock or a CD and it earns it goes up five percent in a year, you've made five percent on your money, right? Mm, okay. Sure. That's yeah. If you've invested the same money into a home and your home appreciates by five percent, have you also made five percent on your money? But appreciation happens independently of investment as long as you have ownership. So if you have a $400,000 loan and only 100000 of equity, but it's the payment that the you're making on the mortgage offsets, offsets right. the appreciation. So there's my point is you have to take your interest costs and add it up that having this loan costs you $1,500 a month in just interest. And the other safe investment where you're not losing your losing any of your capital or putting it at risk will only earn you 1% or whatever right now, right? So you have this negative carry during this period, but it's going to be short-lived that that's going to flip-flop. And what you wouldn't do to have that equity out of the home at that point to have even in a CD that has literally no risk at all and a greater return than what today's interest rates are. So there, there is definitely a period where for that person that lacks income, they're going to have to chew into their, it sort of cannibalizes its principal to carry the debt service. But when you're talking about the historical low interest rates, and if you buy into the the debt of the U.S. and all these problems that we are, we're looking at having higher rates in the short future here. Sure. Everybody that locked in hundreds of thousands of dollars in the three and 4% range are going to be really grateful to have done it when the new folks come into market are having to pay seven, eight, nine, ten 10%. And if you had that cash out now, if the mortgage rate is 10%, but you have your mortgage at 3%, so you got cash you didn't spend, 
bam, into the CD, 10%. So, yeah, and I get that. But your CD rates, because of bank economics, the CD rates rates are generally about 3% lower than the mortgage rates. Because that's the spread that the bank needs to make in order to operate. Yeah. So So you you basically need to. So what you're suggesting is do that now, get the loan at, you know, four something percent. And then once mortgage rates hit seven something percent, then you're going to be earning as much in your CD as you're paying on your mortgage. So how long is it going to take for that to happen? Four or five years? That's where I think that it's a. For you, where you're going to probably have your loan for 30 years, it makes a lot of sense. For someone who's maybe in a different stage of life, that may not be the... Everything I know in life, I learned from Monopoly. (laughs) And the goal is acquire yourself a property. And then get that hotel. Get the greenhouse. (laughs) When you pass go again, you add another greenhouse. And when you got four greenhouses, you drop down into one hotel. Did you learn how to stay out of jail? Yeah, man. Yeah, you wind up there every now and <laughs> you then. You don't want to shoot doubles three <laughs> times, I'll tell you that. You know what I'm saying, though? I get what you're saying. I'm not trying and to if you... tell people not to get home loans, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. But, you know, I'm also being realistic about... No, I'm pretty conservative about it, too. I'm not trying to talk people into... Either way, I check this out. Owning real estate, smart move. Owning real estate with no loan against it, good job. <laughs> That's amazing. Everybody wants that, right? Uh, and then finally, owning real estate, smart move with a loan, okay, good work. Manage the loan well, keep everything else in good order. At some point, it's going to be paid off, and you're going to be the super smart guy that's got it paid off. If I think the quickest avenue to wealth um, for those people that, you know, and we're doing a loan for a young couple right now that's kind of playing this game. You buy a house that you can afford. And you live in it for a couple years while you save more money. And then you rent it out and you buy another one. If you have the stomach for being a landlord, after 10, 15, 20 years, if each of those houses have gone up by 3 to 5% a year, at some point you can unload three or four or five of them and have one that has no loan at all and that game of being leveraged in there you know that that's where having cash to make down payments as opposed to shooting the whole thing into one transaction it just my point is it surprises me that 33 percent of people are doing this um because that's that's just a lot that's a lot of cash being sidelined it is and the stock market's at all-time highs and you're sidelining 33%. Can it of go sales? higher? You want to buy of it at course. the highs? <laughs> Things going to go up forever, man. That's what it does. It's the yeah. Dow. It doesn't even matter. Sorry. Cynical streak just came Everyone out. has a, a financial situation and goal and you know, it all needs to be taken into account. The people who who need home loans, we just hope that they'll consider us. Right. The people that don't need them, we're not trying to talk you into something you don't need. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. When I'm when I'm counseling either a first-time homebuyer or a really savvy person with a ton of equity, I, I'm not just dumping opinion after opinion on them. Um, I do. I really and and this is the 
kind of the mission of the whole company. We're trying really hard just to be facilitators. I know the mortgage process better than um, most, and I really do consider myself an expert, as are the rest of our staff. If you come in for um, objective counseling as to what your options are, we're not trying to sell anything. At the end of the day, we do enough business. Um, we're, we're just fortunate enough to we have enough business that it's no longer about doing a single transaction. We can help somebody make a decision that's appropriate for them. And those decisions vary. Sometimes it's a keep what you got or you're not ready to buy a house yet. You need to work on paying this car off or taking care of that um, collection or whatever the issues are. Um, a lot of the time it is people are just ready to rock and then they just need help deciding What's the best loan program? Does it make sense to do lender paid mortgage insurance or borrower paid mortgage insurance? And being able to succinctly explain wit, when at what time each of them stop, um, what the cost is both upfront and expected cost over the term of how long those insurances are gonna remain. Um, that's the kind of information that we're just happy to be able to lay out in front of everybody. And I'll tell you this, as long as we're just kind of talking about what it means to facilitate in a loan transaction, um, not all lenders are equal. You know, I, I Wells Fargo for me is the low lying fruit. I like to pick on them for some reason, but you know, they're a bank that just has the, the products that they're comfortable with, that they've determined are appropriate uh, appetite risk for their, their given shareholders and the bank itself, and they don't offer all the programs. They take a strict stance on some issues, and they um, are just a little bit more confining than other banks are going to be. So working with somebody like us, where we have all those options. That's how we're able to really facilitate a bigger discussion and, and try to really meet the needs of our clients. If you're looking for any kind of loan help at all, if you want to check out that HARP loan again and see if these changes in guidelines have made you more uh, eligible today, um, give us a call. The number to the office is 543-LOAN, which is 543-5626. Number two, or, or I'm sorry, the web address is centralcoastlending.com. Go check it out. Love to have you drop in and, and give a look around. I think you'll come back for pleasure. That website's a good one. Guys, thanks for being with us for another episode of Mortgage Matters. We'll be back next week for another live episode.